You are listening to An Open Dialogue. I am Viola Cow. And I am Todra Kendall. And this week, we are talking about phobias and fears. <laughs> um, October is kind of like the, the spooky month, like the, the month that we kind of explore our phobias and fears. It's when we put our fears on display. Exactly. I think the, the rest of the year, we kind of avoid um, our fears and avoid things that, that may make us, you know, scared or things that go bump in the night. But the month of October, we seem to kind of like open it all up and, and, um, and really kind of revel in, in being mm-hmm. scared or in, in um, being more open about yeah. what scares us. Exactly. So why do you think that is? Why do you think we, we to some extent, we like being scared? I don't know. I think that that when we are scared, maybe it puts other things into perspective. I mean, there's a lot of scary stuff going on in the world out there. <laughs> and and so, you know, I think that that being scared by something that we that we know intellectually is either far fetched or impossible. Um, maybe puts the other more real fears into perspective. That's a, that's um, a good that's, point. Yeah, I think. That's and then point. some of them are just irrational. And, and we, you know, we don't know why we like it or, or why we don't. Or, um, you know. I, would, I would say that I'm a, I'm a big scaredy cat. Like there's a lot of things that scare me. <laughs> but I, I actually, I like being scared in a safe environment. So mm-hmm. like to go to something like Halloween Horror Nights or to go to a haunted house, you know, on Halloween, something like that. Um, I love the adrenaline rush. It is a huge adrenaline rush being scared if I know that I'm, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm safe. Nothing's actually going to happen to me. Um, but I love that. And like I scream my head off and I run and I will cling to people and dig my fingernails into their skin holding on. But in some weird way, I, I enjoy that. I like, I like the thrill of being scared if I know I'm safe. And, you know, I think that I used to feel that way a lot more. But then um, last summer, I started, Clint and I started watching um, uh, Criminal Minds. And we had yeah. binge watched Criminal Minds all last summer, not this past summer, but the summer before. And I have found that that has really um, affected my sense of being safe in fearful situations. Because when you look at those shows, and there's others out there, there's NCIS to a certain extent and, and other shows like that. But Criminal Minds, I think specifically, um, it, it, sh- it takes these situations where often where you might feel safe being scared. And it it exposes that there really are scary things happening too. You know, they will have people going through a haunted house and actually people are being murdered, <laughs> you know, so. They don't so tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's true. It's, it's that old story about, um, you know, the, the person who's watching the, the horror movie at home and that there's somebody in the house with her, right. you know, that kind right. of thing. So The calls are coming from, from inside, inside the house. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. 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 Well, it's, I think that the more, I think the more realistic it is, kind of the 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 less that I like it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I and and that's not to say that I don't want it to be well done. If I go to Halloween Horror Nights or I go to Howl's Scream at Busch Gardens or I go to you know a haunted house that's run by somebody in the community, like I want it to be realistic. I want it to be scary, but I think it's in in what they're scaring me with. 
I yeah. personally don't like watching, you know, Criminal Minds or NCIS or Law and Order, like those shows. It it they very much um, not so much scare me, but they upset my sense of justice mm -hmm. and they make me, you know, angry and they make me feel like the world's a very very dark place and yes. I don't want to be a part of it. And yeah. so I don't like the darkness mm -hmm. of those shows. And and yeah, that's very realistic. But just like I don't like watching, you know, Animal Kingdom videos where the Oh, lion eats the cheetah no, cubs i don't no, like watching those no, shows that show us the worst parts me of neither. society i will i will far more likely watch something where humans are in peril than animals that's just yeah. me I'm, yeah. I'm the one who we, we saw this like um uh, disaster video with with a boat and and i said and they said something like oh all these people were killed i said but but they didn't hurt the whales, right? The whales were right out there. The whales <laughs> yeah. got away okay. Like, it's yeah, kind of no, like okay, if the dog right. dies in the movie, I'm done. Oh, I'm me, completely oh, done with I won't the even movie. watch it. No, no, no. Yeah, never yeah. mind that seven humans were killed in the movie. No. If the dog dies, yeah, I'm no, done. No, that's, that's a deal breaker. But I, I think things like that, you know, if it's something that's very dark, then mm -hmm. it's upsetting yeah. to me. And that's different for me than, than just, you know, being scared. If I if I go into, like, I remember we went to Hallow Scream one year and there was like a Texas Chainsaw house mm. and you went through the house that was, you know, set right. up to look like the one from the movie. And when, when we came out the back and one of the things that I love slash hate about haunted houses, kind of the setup, is when you get to what you think is the end point and you kind of relax and you let down your guard and you're like, okay, we're safe, we made it through, that's the end, and then they do something to get you. And um, at that particular house, when you came out the back of the house and, and you've heard the chainsaw going and you've heard, you know, all these things have happened as you're going through the house and you come out the back of the house and, and they have some sheets hanging up on laundry lines behind mm -hmm. the house and you're exiting and you're all talking about, oh my gosh, did you see that? Did you, you should have seen your face. You're, you know, you're kind of like recounting all this fun that you had inside. Mm -hmm. And I swept the sheet back and suddenly he was standing, Leatherface was standing right in front of me and he cranked his, you know, chainsaw, which hopefully has no blade, of course. But um, I, I took off running. I left my entire group behind. Like I didn't find my group for probably 10 minutes because I just took off running like a bat out of hell, like screaming my head off, shoving little children out of the way, like trying to get away from this George thing. Costanza. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and it's funny because like it scared the hell out of me, but it was such a rush. And again, it's because it's something that I don't really believe that that's Leatherface standing there. I, I know on some level that the chainsaw is not real, or at least it's not supposed to be. Um, but the closer to being something that's that's real, like with horror movies, and I, and I try not to watch them now only because I do have such an overactive imagination that then I have nightmares at night or I can't sleep at night or I start reading into the situation. But the horror movies that scare me the most are the ones that are about something supernatural because I can't say for sure like, oh, a, you know, a ghost would never do that or a <laughs> demon would never do that. Like I, it's funny right. because like, you know, something like, you know, Freddy Krueger or which that's, that's wrong. Freddy Krueger did scare the crap out of me, but like something like Jason coming back for the 13th film, that's more a, someone's going to jump out at you and you're going to scream in the moment, but it doesn't screw with my head for hours and sometimes days afterwards. Now I have a, I have a confession to make. I have never been to a haunted house outside of the one at Disney World and Disneyland. Really? I have never been to Halloween Horror Nights. I've never been to Hollow Scream. I've never done anything like that. I've never even been to like Halloween 
houses when we went trick-or-treating like as a kid yeah never yeah. um i have never seen any of the jason movies i have i, I we went to clint and i saw nightmare on elm street the first one when it first came out and we left halfway through and i've never seen any of the other ones it's just not my genre i right you know right. like stephen king sure I, i'll i'm i'm all over that but um just that kind of you know the 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 Friday the 13th, any of those. That just never was my, that was just never my genre. I am not a person who likes to have somebody jump out and scare me. That is not my, like that, that adrenaline rush is not, it's not what. Yeah, yeah. my night can't go to like, Howl Scream or Halloween Horror Nights because like if someone jumps out and scares him, he punches them. Yeah. Like that's that's just his first yeah. reaction is to swing first to yeah. ask questions later. Yeah. So he's like, We'll get sued if I go. Yeah, yeah. But it's not my thing. No, my kids all love it. Right. Which I think is hysterical because they 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 love that kind of thing and they'll go and do it and I'm like, Nope, I'm okay. I'm I'm good. Well when I was in high school and even in college, like it was a big deal to go with a huge group of people and see these scary movies. And I loved that. And I, and I loved that, again, the adrenaline rush of fear. But once I was out on my own and lived by myself, <laughs> then I found that it's really, I can't watch them anymore because I, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night and is there something in the closet? And did I just hear something in the other yeah. room? And like, I, I tend to kind of read too much into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think some of it is history for me. Um, my mother was a, a very fearful person. Um, probably throughout most of her life, she was terrified of thunderstorms. We have we have a, a a book full of stories about how she would like hide in her closet. There there was one time when I was two years old. My dad was trying to get home from work on a um, on his motorcycle, and there was a thunderstorm, and he called her from a payphone to come get him, and she said, "Are you crazy? It's thundering!" <laughs> and left the phone. All my father could hear was the phone banging against the wall, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> um, and and she, um, it, you you talking about living alone reminded me that that one of the stories that she loved to tell was when she, my dad was at. Um, uh, Ranger School, she was living by herself for the very first time in her life in down in Georgia. And she had met a, a group of friends and they had a girl's night. You know, all the husbands were away and she they had a girl's evening and they told scary stories. And she then had to drive back to her apartment where she lived by herself and she could not make herself go inside. So she spent the entire night driving around the city of Columbus, Georgia. And whenever I hear the song, um, the Lover's Concerto, number 13, you know, how gentle it's right? <laughs> yep, she yep. said every time she heard that song, because it played like every half hour, because it was very popular at that time. And she drove around all night rather than go home because she could not deal with going back to her house by herself. And there's part of me that always laughed, but then there's part of me that's like, yeah, I get it. I don't know that I would have been able to either. I can talk myself into, yeah, I can talk myself into into being scared of, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I get it. Well, when I went to see um, The Ring is probably the last scary movie that I like went to see mm. in the theater and it was, pretty much against my will. I had gone with a group of people to see a midnight movie. And when we got there, that movie was sold out and everybody in the group was like, oh, let's go see the ring. And my protest <laughs> fell on, on deaf ears. And um, I left the television on 
for like three days and left all the lights in my house on for like three days because in the, you know, in the ring, like she comes out of the television and I was scared if I turned the television off that it would come back on by itself. (laughs) And so as long as it was on and it was playing like, you know, ABC or whatever, I had some measure of safety. And it's funny because like I, obviously I know it's fiction. I obviously know that it's actors and cameras and special effects, but like when you're home alone and it's the middle of the night, all of that kind of goes out the window. Absolutely. um, Absolutely. I actually, um, right after my night and I got engaged, I had a wedding late one Saturday night and he had driven down to Vero beach to see his, his brother, um, was in town and, He's on his way back from Vero Beach as I call him to say that the wedding has ended and I'm on my way home. And he told me that he had left all the windows open in the house. And I could not go in the house with the windows. I was like, I'm not going in. Like, there, I just knew there's no way I'm going to. We have an alarm system mm-hmm. that we pay for solely because when I walk in the house, I want to hear that you know, that long beep and give me some measure of, of comfort or security that no one's in the house. Um, because that's something that really, really scares me. I mean, even, even if I go through and I check the whole house and I look in every closet and I, you know, I'm still scared of that. And so I didn't go home that night. I told him we were, we were giving a bridal shower for friends the next day. And I said, I'll run by Walmart, you know, because Walmart's open 24 hours. I'll run by Walmart. I'll get all the snacks and things for the bridal shower tomorrow. And by that time, you should be home. And wouldn't you know, I get like carjacked and held at gunpoint at Walmart (laughs) because I didn't want to go home to a house with the windows open. Um, So like the real life scary situation um, happened to me because I wasn't willing to deal with the other. But um, it's funny how, you know, some things scare you like thunder doesn't mm. bother me like you said you know no. thunder was like crippling for right. your mom right um it doesn't bother me zombies don't bother me at all no. i can watch like dawn of the dead day of the dead Safe walking enough. dead none of that bothers me yeah but you give me a movie about demon possession and i'm done i'm out i cannot like i just can't watch that stuff yeah yeah i'm not a big i'm not a big demon possession person either but um, i'm listening to you tell that story and i'm thinking yeah you definitely must never watch criminal minds because <laughs> <laughs> you you would lose all faith in your alarm system so no it's, it's better just yeah, just go there my, yeah, I'm, I'm like scarlet o'hara with the whole like I, if yep. i think about this i'll just go mad exactly. and so i just have to convince myself that if i walk in and it beeps i'm safe exactly and then, I'm, then i'm okay with that <laughs> absolutely yeah i don't you know zombies don't bother me vampires don't bother me where ghosts um i really do think that anymore it's 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 crazy people people. it's the real people who have lost their minds or or you know because i do know that there's a lot of mental illness out there yes and yes and And there's a lot of people that are just twisted oh yeah that that, you know yeah which is funny because um i mentioned the walking dead when you're talking about zombies and um as the show has progressed the walkers as they call the zombies in the show, the walkers are no longer like the predominant mm-hmm. threat. The predominant threat are other human beings. Yes. And so it's interesting that you're saying that, that, yeah. you know, I'm not scared of zombies. I'm not scared of vampires. I'm not scared of ghosts. People. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's true. You know, I would, I never was a big walking dead fan, but I always, I would be up late writing and my kids would be watching it. So I had a vague idea of what was going on. Of what was going on. Right. Yeah. And you know, I would see different things. Okay. Whatever. But I, I never was, I, that never bothered me. The zombies themselves never bothered me because they were stupid. 
They were right. really, they were right. just. I can outrun them. Right, maybe. exactly. <laughs> and, or they could be, I think one of the first ones I saw, I don't even know who the character name, but they had a zombie with them. They were going from one place to another. They were That's trying Michelle. to get, right, trying to yeah. get back to the prison. And she had like a zombie on a leash. Yeah, and that's I mean, I'm She's sorry. Badass. Yeah, you, you just, but you know what else? It occurs to me now as we're saying this, how much in this day and age we have, um, we have kind of domesticated our monsters. Let's, let's think about uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which, you know, right. is one of my, my favorites. The vampires on there, yes, they're scary, but they're also relatable. They, they, they you know, you have some good vampires. You have, and, and in books, we see how many times do you have a book where the vampire actually is, is, is an okay person? Twilight. Right. Hello. Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. Vampire um, Diaries. Zombies. Things, yeah. I, um, I Zombie is one of my favorite right. TV shows. Love that. Right. And there you go. All the zombies or a good many of the zombies are, are perfectly okay. Um, or what was the movie with the, um, the zombie that fell in love with oh, the human and like the warm bodies. loved him? Warm yeah. bodies. Love yeah. that. Actually, yeah. Isaac, Isaac, uh, just, uh, Isaac Marion just released the, the final book in that, that trilogy. I just heard about that yesterday. It's called the living or the live I think it's the live anyway um, but I think we have domesticated our monsters because the the monsters in the real world are are far scarier than than the ones that we can then we that's can a make very up. good point so that's a very good point yeah how much of how much of our fears or our um, phobias because I think we have to put you know phobias in with this too mm -hmm. um, how much of that do you think comes from a personal experience and how much do you think is just an innate fear of I am I am human and I'm supposed to be scared of snakes or I'm supposed to be scared of spiders or I'm supposed to be scared of madmen with machetes <laughs> like <laughs> how um, much do you think is personal experience and how much do you think is just kind of like a, a biological wiring to be scared of certain things I think there's a big difference between a phobia and a fear and you know we joked when when you and I started talking I said oh I have nothing to say about this because we both know that <laughs> that and, and and actually I think that the older you get you either I think you actually develop new phobias as you get older because you realize the areas of life where you're not safe right the, the areas where you never really thought about before I laugh because I say um, I had my children all pretty young you know I, I my kids I had from I was almost 22 to 32 over, over the course, or maybe older than that, of, of having my kids. And I always said, when I had Devin, I was so young and I had no idea what could have gone wrong. You know, but right. now being where I am and knowing what I do, it would be terrifying to me to right. think of all the things that could go wrong. And I think that that's kind of where our phobias in a lot of ways come from, is realizing that the world is not an inherently safe place. Um, uh, and I mean, some of them, some of them are irrational, clearly. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't like driving in mountains. This is news to you. I know. So I know, sit really? back, what? absorb it. Okay. <laughs> so absorb it. Take, take a moment. This could affect future road trips that we take. <laughs> what? Do you know what, do you know what though, that, uh, that, that joking about, and, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but the fact is that now if we were to drive back there, I would be okay because now I've done it. If we went that the same route that we went on the way, I've done it. Well, you'd also be okay because I would be driving. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, possibly, possibly. Um, I, I, it's actually, it's harder for me a lot of times when another, when another person is driving. I can't, I can't handle it when my husband or, and I certainly couldn't have one of my kids drive. Not that they're not fabulous drivers. They right, are. Right, but it's but a control thing. It's a control it's, thing. It's having it some is. measure of control over your situation. But for me, yeah. those 
driving over those mountains, um, it's the idea of I'm okay right now, but what's coming next where I right. might not be okay. And I have right. been in situations where I was okay and then turned a corner and all of a sudden was on the side of a mountain where there was no guardrail. Um, uh, Callie Masters has been posting pictures of her, her Utah trip for CalypsoCon. And I told her she's giving me nightmares because she's, she's, you know, it's snowing, they're driving along the side of the road and you're looking down at the sheer drop and there are no guardrails. I mean, do I think guardrails are going to stop many things? No, but I just want them there for safety. Well, you know? it's, it's kind of like me with my alarm going off. Yes, that gives exactly. you some level of comfort yeah. that there's a rail there. Yeah. Even, even if it's not a valid level of yeah. you know what I mean yeah. it still gives you some level of comfort I mean just thinking about it right now my stomach's starting to get a little tight and I'm a little <laughs> like oh, okay all right I'm in Florida it's all right I don't have to drive anywhere I'm okay breathe <laughs> it's all right um and and I I've always had that kind of fear of heights um my entire life I, I mean I can I can tell you that um I think I was 11 years old and my my family took us to the circus and our seats were horrendous and as we started to climb up um, I was terrified and that's the first time I really remember being afraid of heights so but see that's why I think some of this I definitely think some of our fears or some of our phobias come from things that happen yes. to us yes. um, I had w my mother and I moved to this little tiny wooden house in Florida um, and it had been shut up for quite some time and, you know, we'd moved all of our boxes into the garage and one of the first nights, it was either the first night or the second night that we were there, I went into the garage to get something and it's this tiny little, you know, one car wooden garage on an old Florida ranch style house and you had to kind of step down a couple of steps and then flip the light switch and when I flipped the light switch, that entire garage was teeming with palmetto bugs these oh. huge cockroaches that fly yes. and they just started swarming and like it it, it like even now I'm, I'm just like my skin's crawling like thinking about that and and because of that i have a huge irrational fear of a palmetto bug or a cockroach like if i see one or like my my family knows if we're somewhere and there is one like they suddenly either turn me or they shield me or they do something to take care of it because i have a, a, a just an irrational reaction of fear to those things mm -hmm. um but like my fear of heights I, there's nothing that happened. Like that is just somehow something that's inside me that I don't have control over. The first time I noticed it, similar to you, like you said, you were, you know, you were young. Mm -hmm. um, we went to Washington DC as a, as a family when I was, I don't know, maybe 16. And we went up in the Washington Monument. And when I would look down, my entire stomach would, would flip. I would feel like I was gonna throw up and I would suddenly get dizzy. And I had no idea why. And that was kind of the first time I realized that I had an issue with heights. And it, it has, um, it's actually frozen me a couple of times. Uh, we were at SeaWorld once when, when my son was about three and he had a little friend with him was, that was about three. And Katie's mom had gone into um, the restroom, actually um, a little nursing area that they had set up. And I'm watching the kids. And suddenly they go up on this huge like rope wall thing it was like a slanted rope wall thing and they're climbing on it and Logan froze and he starts yelling for me 
And I went up the stairs without a thought. I'm, I'm bounding up the stairs. You know, my kid needs me. And I start out on the rope. And at some point, I look down. And I'm, I froze. I completely froze. And it was like, in my head, I was telling myself, like, your child needs you. This is ridiculous. You're a grown woman. You're, you know, 33 years old. Get your butt across the ropes. But I could not move. Like, I physically could not make my body move. And this lady from SeaWorld came down and very calmly got my child and took him back up. And then... Um, she came, she told, she looked at me and she said, don't move. I'll come back for you. And I'm no worries. I, I could go anywhere if I wanted to, you know? And, it, and it's funny because that is a, a, a phobia, I guess you would say, um, you know, fear of heights like that. I, if I know ahead of time, I can kind of like steal myself and make myself do it. Like I, I've gone up in hot air balloons. I've zip lined. Um, I have gone across rope bridges, but my children are really mean and jump up and down and make them move under me. So I have to wait till they're on the other side. So if it's something that I know ahead of time, but if it comes up on me and I don't know there's going to be a cliff or I don't know there's going to be a drop off, or if I, if I get too close to the edge of something and suddenly look down, I freeze. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and there are times when we can go back. As I said, I've, I've always had the, the fear of heights since I was probably 10 or 11, but when I was, um, I, I was, I had never really thought about driving in mountains that much. I mean, it really didn't bother me that much. Um, but, uh, and I used to go back and forth from um, uh, Gettysburg to, to Florida on the 81. Loved the view, you know, just loved the, that it wasn't the 95. It was fun. Um, a couple years ago, we were coming back and there's a, it's, you're, you're going down a kind of steep grade there. And I had my car for the first time. And the transmission in my car started doing something kind of funny as, as we were going down this grade. And it freaked me the heck out. I didn't know whether it was going and I was going to end up having to crash into the side of something. Right. But the next time I did it, and I made this drive without an issue. The next time I did it, I was a mess. I was trembling. I was sweating. And I said, well, we can't, we can't do this anymore. I can't make this particular drive. And I think that is really what then began to affect um, all of my all of my driving when it comes to to mountains and what have you it became kind of the the need to know um, that I was well, I think it I was kind safe. of builds oh it does you know, it builds in your head it like does. I, I have a friend who um, is a Florida native born and raised in the Orlando area and um, had never been in the ocean and was mm. absolutely terrified to go in the ocean and so when we were in our early 20s, um, another friend and I took her to the beach and she would go to the beach, but just would never even put her feet in the water. Like she was terrified of the ocean. And we talked her into going in and, and she went in and was in like, you know, we went out in the waves to the point that she couldn't even touch and she was fine and she was laughing and having a great time. Within an hour of us getting out of the water and being on the road back, she was like almost in a full-blown panic attack. And even now, and that's been more than 20 years ago, if I mention that to her, she goes all white and it's like, no, no, oh my God, no, I can't do it. Like, you know, so I do think sometimes we build it up more in our head. Um, Without a and, doubt. And it kind of yeah. becomes a wall and, that we can't go around. And as I said, there can be, you know, like, like your issue with the palmetto bugs. Um, I know that I flew all the time. I never thought about flying. I love to fly. I flew from the time I was two years old. I, my first trip was Philadelphia to Hawaii. I, when we lived in Hawaii, boom, I was back and forth. It didn't floor me. I, I loved it. Loved, loved, loved everything about flying. And then um, 
uh, in in two, early 2008, I flew from Orlando to uh, Maui to um, spread my parents' ashes. And the flight from uh, my flight was delayed in Orlando, and but my flight from Orlando to San Francisco wasn't bad. But once we got, I got to San Francisco. I was supposed to meet my sisters, and we were supposed to fly together. But their plane was taking off as mine was landing because of my delay. Um, so I ended up flying by myself to Maui, and it was the worst flight I have ever been on. The the turbulence was horrific, and I think that combined with the recent loss of both of my parents and the what we were you know, what we were going over there to do. Right, um, the served, reason for your, right. for your flight. Yeah. And, and I remember getting off that plane and I said to my sisters, okay, well, I hope that you like it here and I'll be calling Clint and the kids because we're moving here because I'm never getting on another airplane. This is it. <laughs> this is this is it. They can just move everything over. And um, I, I enjoyed my, what, week and a half, 10 days that we had there. But the closer we got to the end, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to get back on that airplane, got to get back on that airplane. Now, I've been on the flight back, and then I was on, um, I think I've been on I was a flight to and from California twice, and then to and from New York twice since then. And that's been um, 10 years, almost 11 years. And so I've had right. basically four flights since then, and they've all been picture-perfect flights, no turbulence, no nothing, and yet... I still, I mean, there was a time that I could not have an airplane go over me without me having a panic attack because I would think about what if I was up there and what if I was having to deal with it. Now, I've gone to therapy for this because it's not normal. And I did. And I, and I knew because I knew I needed to travel for certain things. Um, it's, still, it's still much uh, easier for me to drive any place, especially if I'm just going up and down the 95. I'm fine. Um, but uh and I and I know if I had to get on a plane, I could do it now. You know, I, I, I'm okay. Like you and I at the end of our trip, I said, if we go back to Ohio, I will fly. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a problem. Um, but it's still there. You know, it's still that right. that's it's like a scar and it's still there. So I think that you can have experiences that that may have nothing to do with the actual danger that you're in, but your mind begins to associate what's going on at the time with other things it pulls it all together the brain is a weird and wonderful thing and it will it, it will clump all those things together and you know and suddenly you're afraid of airplanes or palmetto bugs both things that fly oh there you go there's a connection i think too that sometimes the more people tell you that there is nothing to be scared of the the more entrenched I become in my field. Like I am, I'm scared of the dark. Mm -hmm. I have been scared of the dark since I was a small child. Like for as long as I can remember, I've been scared of the dark. And I am 49 years old, which is not as old as you are, but <laughs> I only have like another month to make that dig. And then we're back in the same decade. So I'm going to make it while I can. But um, I'm 49 years old. I am an adult woman. I'm a business owner. I've traveled to different places all over the world. I've raised a child. I know that it's irrational and illogical to just be scared of the dark. Because when I say I'm scared of the dark, like I'm scared if my bathroom's dark and the light's not on. I'm scared if my backyard is dark. I'm scared if I'm in a building and it's dark. Like, um, I just, I don't like the dark. I think a lot of it is, is what you touched on with your driving, the, the fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. of what's coming up, of what could be in the dark that I can't see. 
Uh, if I'm in the house at night, I won't look out the windows because I'm scared there's going to be someone standing in the uh, dark and yes. I'll see them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. And a lot of this probably comes from horror films kind of taking what was already a fear mm-hmm. and, and giving it fuel and right. feeding the fire. Um, I, if I leave the house and I know I'm going to come in after dark by myself, I have to have a lot of lights on. Um, if my husband is working at night and I'm home by myself, this house is lit up so that there's no rooms that are dark. Um, and I, the dogs know that when we go outside, we're going right outside the door and we're coming right back in. Do not even be thinking about going around the side of the house where we can't see. Like, so, um, it's funny because I know that it's, I know that it's irrational and obviously there are valid reasons to be scared in the dark and there are valid times when it, it helps to be wary of the dark or to, you know, be cautious in the dark. But I know that the level of my fear of the dark is, is irrational and, um, no amount of someone telling me there's nothing to be scared of helps. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, and it's so it's, there's a level of, of embarrassment too, when you get phobia to a certain extent. I mean, you yes. know that when we were driving back, I was battling with the, the phobia that I had and the very real fear of if we go this way, everybody's saying to me, oh, there's mountains, but you're going to be fine. Just have some rum before you leave and mix it with a, <laughs> yeah. what was it? Rum and, uh, was it like a- Rum and Valium. And Valium, that's telling, right. You're yeah. telling them that you're going to be driving and they're telling you to have rum and Valium. And as your passenger, I was like, no, let's pass on that advice. But, you know, but at the same time, I'm also battling, if I had been by myself, I would have been calmer because I was also battling the embarrassment of knowing that I had this fear. Yes. And the fear of, I I'm just being ridiculous. And, um, you know, so it's, how does your, how does it affect your real life and, and how do you deal with that? Um, I, I was thinking about when you were talking about faces in the window, when I was in eighth grade, um, I read Stephen King's, um, Salem's Lot. And for me, books are always far scarier than movies because my head is a much scarier place than any Hollywood set could ever be. So I read Salem's Lot at night and then I could not sleep. My bedroom when I was growing up was the only bedroom on the first floor. And there's a part in Salem's Lot where um, the kid's friend has been turned into a vampire and he is floating and he's saying, let me in, you know, I'm your friend, let me in, whatever. I was so flipping terrified. I did not sleep all night. I made myself sick. I couldn't go to school the next day. I was so, and I remember my mother just saying, no more Stephen King after three in the afternoon, you know, I, but it, I had to stop reading Stephen King after Pet Cemetery. Like I went through a time period in college, um, where, um, a friend of mine had turned me on to like, um, I think it was Dean, Dean King, somebody, no, No. it was, maybe it was John Kane. It, it, It was like really twisted dark stuff and also you know Stephen King and a couple of the others and I Pet Cemetery did me in like I couldn't look at a cat the same way for a couple of years after that and I really um just saw the trailer they're making a new remake of it I saw the trailer I'm like nope that will not be what I'm going to see um but it's funny how in you know kind of circling back in some ways I enjoy being scared and I, and I seek out those experiences of going like to Halloween Horror Nights or, or under certain situations watching a movie that's, that's scary. Like um, I love Nicole Kidman and the others, or I watch, and, and those aren't movies that are like jump out scary. They're, they're more scary, you know, in their plot or in their concept. Um, Psychological. But then there's, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but then there's other things that I just 
I don't I don't want to be in a situation where it's dark. I don't want to be in a situation um, I'm claustrophobic. I don't want to I cannot crawl under a bed. I don't want to be in a in a situation where there's a lot of people crowding me in a small space like um, and you were talking about being embarrassed. I for a time I was a VIP tour guide. And I worked for a company who arranged VIP tours of all the, the Disney theme parks and Universal SeaWorld, Bush Gardens, et cetera. And I was with a family one night as their tour guide, and we were taking the boat back from the Magic Kingdom to the Grand Floridian. And it's, you know, it's an old wooden boat, and it's Florida, <laughs> and it's nighttime, and it's a wet environment. And we're all sitting on this bench together. Um, this is a gentleman who is a CEO of a huge company and his wife and three te um, teenage boys. And a palmetto bug, cockroach, <gasps> comes across the floor. And I literally came up out of my seat. I climbed across the teenage boys. I climbed across this grown man clawing at his chest. I climbed across his wife. I am screaming the entire time. And, of course, as soon as I started screaming, the roach ran. So no one even saw what had upset me. And I was, I was mortified. I was so embarrassed. But it wasn't something that I had any control over. So, um, so yeah, I think it's... Um, I don't know. Phobias and fears are really fascinating. Like the, the number of things that, that scare us or the things that people have phobias about. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we would love to hear about your phobias and fears. We would love to hear about any experiences you have with that. So please reach out to us at anopendialogue1 at gmail.com. That's an open dialogue, the number one at gmail.com. You can also reach us on um, our social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, we have both have websites, so tadracandle.com, violethow.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to connect with you. And um, Yes, please tell us that we're not the only ones with these phobias and fears. Make us feel better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let us know that we, that we are, are, we're not alone here. So we would love to hear what your phobias and fears Absolutely. are. So have a great week. Yes. And Thank you for being for with coming. us. Yes. Bye. Bye.